Hello, and happy Monday. It's Jessica, and we're here again with Chopwood Carry Water, your weekly short dose of patriotism, love of democracy, easy actions, a little bit of positivity, because God knows there's not enough of that out there, and a little bit of uh, maybe Civics 101, right? So I hope you had a great weekend. I know I did, actually. There's some pretty good news this weekend, which uh, which uh, I'm going to get to in just a second. But first, let's do a little bit of housekeeping, just like every other podcaster out there, right? Got to start with the housekeeping. Um, the most important of which is just that I'm really glad you're here. Okay, that's the number one housekeeping thing. Thank you for being here. It means so much to me, and it means a lot to our country that you're here. So thank you for that. Um, If you like this podcast and you find that it it invigorates you a little or makes you sleep a little better or feel a little bit more powerful, uh, please tell a friend. That would be really nice of you. And, you know, there's that whole business with uh, Apple and their reviews and their ratings. And actually, just leaving a rating, you can just click on, I mean, hopefully five stars. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything else, although words are also great. It just helps a few more people see that this podcast exists. We're new. This is episode five. So that's that. Uh, As many of you know, I also have a newsletter called Chop Wood Carry Water that comes out five days a week. It gives you about five to seven minutes of easy, easy actions to take to help build a better democracy. So you can subscribe to that. You can find me on TikTok where I make a lot of videos about um, activism and democracy and easy ways to make a difference. And all of that can be found on my link tree, uh, which you can find at bit.ly forward slash Jess page, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Jess page. That's just J-E-S-S. Um, and also we have an email address, chopwoodcarrywaterpod at gmail.com. I would love your questions. I love civics-related questions, activism-related, politics-related. If I can't answer them, I will find someone who can and, and come back to you with it. So I think that's it. I also have a Patreon, by the way, and and thank you for new subscribers. You know, I uh, I have a lot of subscribers and most of them give $5 a month and it's not a lot to them, but it means the world to me. So if you support this work and feel like that might be a way that you'd like to spend $5 of your money a month, I do have a Patreon to be found on the same page. Okay, let's get on to why we're all really here, which is the weekly gratitude list. Let's cue up that music. Okay, this week, I got to tell you guys, there is so much to be grateful for. This was a good week, a a lot. Um, Starting with right after I made last week's podcast, uh, and, and, you know, you know that many of us who live in California, and I do, I live in California, we've been doing a lot of calling and bugging our own senator, Dianne Feinstein, because she's one of the maybe eight to nine senators who are not yet on the record as being willing to abolish the filibuster. We've talked about the filibuster before. I will probably talk about it again. But for those of you who are new to this and are like, Phil, what? Just know that it is the thing that stops us from getting any good thing passed in the Senate and therefore in Congress. And uh, it's an old rule. It is not carved in stone. It can be gotten rid of with all of our Democratic senators in agreement But until we get them all in agreement, we basically have this blockade that's stopping all good things on our wish list. So this week, after years of calling and protesting, we've done postcard drives, we've done calling drives, 
Dianne Feinstein came out and said that she is willing to set the filibuster aside, at least for voting rights legislation. Now, this might sound small, but I want to really underscore that in this kind of work, it is small victories that build one upon the next and bring us to the big ones. Beneath every huge victory that we see on the news are tens of thousands of of human hours of work and tens of thousands of phone calls and, and, you know, regular people like you and me taking small actions and pushing, 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 and, and frankly, achieving baby steps, right? So this feels like a baby step, but baby steps become giant leaps forward when we get enough of them, right? So this is wonderful. Dianne Feinstein has expressed flexibility on the filibuster. One more step in the journey that we are taking towards pushing our legislators who work for us to be willing to change a rule that is stopping us from passing anything good. So, bravo. That's our big gratitude. But also, here's some other little things that we can celebrate. Patagonia this week. I love Patagonia. They donated a million dollars to be split between Black Votes Matter and the New Georgia Project, which is Stacey Abrams' organization, to fight Georgia's voter suppression law. So, you know, if you're in the market for a parka or a tent, that's where I'm going. Um, uh, the CDC director, Biden's new CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, has unveiled a racism and health initiative aimed at remedying health inequities and addressing racism as a public health threat. You think? This is fantastic news. What a difference an administration makes, right? Wonderful. Because it is a public health threat, and I don't need to tell anybody that, right? Um, Washington state has become the 20th state to restore voting rights to formerly incarcerated people. You guys know that if I, in, in some states, if I had been, let's say, hypothetically, busted for buying pot when I was 21 years old or in possession of, you know, an ounce of pot, in some states, were that a felony, I would still not be able to vote. And that is ridiculous, right? So Washington state has become the 20th state to allow folks who have served their sentences and taken care of their fines and fees to vote again, as it should be. Only in the United States is this even a question, mind you. Okay. Um, in other news, in in St. Louis, we had um, uh, Tishara Jones has been elected the city's first black female mayor. Woo! And then, you guys, the election I was working on, remember I've talked about this repeatedly, in Wisconsin, Jill Underly blew her opponent out of the water. She was elected Wisconsin's next top education official. Mind you, the person she was running against was endorsed by Scott Walker and Betsy DeVos, a real winning duo there. So this was a huge win for Wisconsin public schools. And I'll say it for the umpteenth time, if you have not yet worked on an election and had the experience of seeing your candidate win and knowing you helped, there's very little else in life that is that good. It's wonderful. So really happy about that. Uh, but there's more. Governor Andy Bashir, who is a Democratic governor in Kentucky. That is also crazy. I also volunteered for his race. So this, again, I get to have special joy at this news. Just signed some laws restricting the use of no-knock warrants and opening up grants for Kentucky's HBCUs and investing in communities that are typically underinvested in. This is what happens when we have a Democratic governor, even in a red state. Wonderful things. Also, uh, Joe Biden's executive orders on guns this, this last week. These are great, right? We're going to celebrate them. Again, 
this is a baby step. It is nowhere near where we need to be. But there's only so much you can do on executive orders, and Biden is trying to do it. So bravo. At least we don't have a president who is um, completely uninterested in trying to solve the problem. Uh, Okay, so many more things. But what I will stop with is this, and this is really huge. On Saturday, this is why I had a happy weekend, because these are the kinds of things that make me have a happy weekend. On Saturday, 100 corporations, big ones, we're talking United Airlines, Levi Strauss, Starbucks, American Airlines, uh, at least one NFL president or whatever is the head of an NFL team. (laughs) I am not a sports person. Anyway, um, they met together to discuss how corporations could come together to fight voter suppression bills. And I really want to stop for a second and just dwell on how amazing this is because we have been calling these corporations, as you know, And saying, what the hell? Like, why are you funding politicians who are supporting voter suppression? And why aren't you speaking out more? And they are listening. And I want to leave you with this little tidbit. This is something that really just was a giant light bulb for me that I heard Shannon Coulter say in a a talk she gave last week that I was at. Shannon Coulter started the Grab Your Wallet movement where we were boycotting uh, retail outlets, etc. that were carrying Trump products. Anyway had a huge effect. Um, Shannon Coulter reminded us that as far as political power goes, uh, Republicans are disproportionately represented in Congress because of the way Senate is constructed. Even low population states get the same amount of senators as high population states, gerrymandering, etc., I know not everybody knows what gerrymandering is, by the way, and I'm going to dedicate an episode to it, but just not right now. Suffice it to say that the 50 uh, Democratic senators, for example, in our Senate represent 41 million more people than the 50 Republican senators in our Senate. So so take that and, and uh, think about that for a while. Anyway, but when it comes to purchasing power, the opposite is true. What Shannon told us was that when it comes to purchasing power, So just the women alone who do the bulk of purchasing in the United States, for whatever that's worth, the women who voted for Biden alone, excluding men and uh, other identifying people, the women alone represent two-thirds of the purchasing power in this country, right? We have got the purchasing power. So no matter how you feel about corporations being in politics, for now they're in it, and they are going to start speaking up on our side, which is, again, I wish they didn't have to. I wish they took no part. But if they are going to take a part, my guess is we are starting to see a realignment where they are going to side with the young people who are going to be buying their brands for the next 70 years and with the people with the purchasing power, who are the people who also happen to believe in racial justice and voting rights. So go figure. So that's pretty good news. Okay. That's our good news. And I don't know about you, but I feel like fired up and just adrenaline from all of that good stuff. Yeah, there's terrible stuff happening everywhere. Are you kidding? There's just been another police shooting in Minneapolis. That's bad. But there's plenty of places telling you about that. I'm going to just this is what we do is occasionally we stop and we focus on the good because I believe what we focus on grows. So thank you for any part you took in getting any of that stuff to happen. And if you weren't part of any of that stuff, then be part of the next victories because they will come if we work for them. So little break and then we'll go on to Ledge 101. Okay, so... Hi, it's time for Legislation 101. And today I'm actually not going to talk about a federal bill. Uh, Well, I will, but only sort of tangentially. 
But what I'm going to talk about is a little bit more about what's happening with these voter suppression bills. And I know, I know, it's like a broken record, but it all is like a giant puzzle and all of it actually works together, right? We just talked about the corporations who are starting to get involved in this. We've talked in the past about H.R. 1, the For the People Act. Every time I record this podcast, I say, if you haven't called your senators yet and told them that you want them to support the For the People Act, you got to do that. That is a federal law. That is an overarching federal law that will restore a lot of our voting rights across the country, right? Until it is passed on a state level, the state houses in different states, I'm trying to really make this simple because I know that not everybody understands this stuff, and I didn't either for a long time. The states can make their own election laws. And right now, because Democrats did not pay a lot of attention to state-level races for a long, long time, and Republicans did. We have a lot of Republican-dominated state houses. That's what we have in Arizona, in Texas, in Georgia, in lots of states. They are the ones passing these voter suppression bills that are so awful, right? So this is why we are working to stop these bills both on a state level where we are calling the state legislators and asking them to not pass these bills, and on a federal level, by calling our federal representatives and asking them to pass H.R. 1, and on a corporate level, because as we've said, corporations are in politics right now, whether we like it or not. So we're asking corporations to take a stand against voter suppression. So, but today I just want to let you know a little bit about what is happening in Arizona. What are these voter suppression bills and what can you do about it, whether or not you live in Arizona? So I'm just going to do a very, very brief thumbnail sketch. And these are similar bills to what have been happening in Texas and and, uh, Georgia. But, you know, every state has their own flavor. But um, these bills sort of fall into a couple of different buckets. One of them is a bill that will shift election authority and oversight power from the Arizona Secretary of State, who happens to be a Democrat, to the state legislature. So we've talked about that before. Um, it, it will purge a bunch of people off of the permanent early voting list. It, it does a few different things. So what we can do, and, and also, uh, sorry, there's one other thing, which um, there's a bill that will force Arizona voters to include a great deal of personal information on their ballot envelopes, exposing them to unnecessary identity risk and making it harder for people to vote by mail. Uh, things like that. So um, these are these are bills that are overwhelmingly being put forward as a solution to voter fraud that did not happen, right? And this is the thing that we need to keep sort of saying over and over again. This is voter fraud that did not happen. It has been overwhelmingly proven to have not happened. Nobody seriously believes that it happened. And yet they are trying to pass these bills that will just make it so much harder to vote, right? And there's a bunch of other ones. So one of the things I've been doing this week is phone banking into Arizona. And I'm doing this with an organization called Reclaim Our Vote. I think I talked about this a bit last week, but calling and letting people there know your legislation is about to pass a bunch of bills that are going to make it next to impossible to vote by mail and that are going to make it harder for especially black and brown people, but everybody to vote in the state. And so there are a couple of phone numbers that you can call One of them will automatically put you through to your state house representative, and one of them will automatically put you through to your state senator. They will give you a little script, and they will uh, 
patch you through to the right person. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to give you those phone numbers. And if you live in Arizona, take a second and make this phone call. If you don't live in Arizona, but your cousin does or your, you know, your former boss or whoever, send them a quick text and just say, hey, there's really bad voter suppression bills, uh, you know, coming down the pike in your state. If you call these numbers, you can make a quick phone call telling them not to pass them. And it really makes a difference. So the phone numbers are 877-406-6303. And that will tell your state House representative in Arizona to vote no on these bills or that will bring you to them. And then 877-586-4895 to tell your Arizona state senator. So if you live in Arizona, make those phone calls and please ask others to make them as well. If you weren't able to write them down, you can go to my link tree. There's a document called Stop Arizona Voter Suppression, and it's all in there as well. There's a petition, too. Every Tuesday, you can come with me and call Arizona voters and patch them through to their state house representatives. See, these are these sort of baby step things we do. I did this for an hour and a half yesterday, and I only patched through one person, and then I talked about three more people who said that they would do it when they got off the phone with me. So it doesn't feel like a lot, but there were lots of us making these phone calls. And if you think about all the people across the country volunteering to make these phone calls, you start to see, again, the sort of piling up effect of lots and lots of people taking small actions. We can start to make a change. And at this point, I will tell you, these state legislators are starting to get really nervous. They are hearing from a lot of people. They are getting very bad press. They are getting sued. Um, they are hearing from Stacey Abrams's organization. They are, you know, it's a lot. And so when they start hearing from constituents as well, saying like, hey, what are you doing? I don't want you to pass these bills. I don't want it to be harder to vote. Like, this is not what I want. We can start to see some change. So this is where we start to look for the victory that we can pull from the jaws of defeat, right? Like the bad bills have already been passed in Georgia. We're trying to stop them here in Arizona and also stop them in Texas. So so that's that. That's my sort of ledge 101. And now uh, we're going to talk about uh, elections and a little bit more activism you can do. So a little bit of music. Okay, you beautiful people. So I told you that I was making these phone calls into Arizona this week. The other phone calls that I made this week were into Texas again. And I know that I am talking about this a lot, but again, this is the election that's happening right now. This is a congressional seat that we can win. And let me tell you, I know I probably said this last week too, but we are going to have midterms in 2022, right? And there's going to be a huge battle to try to flip the House. The Republicans are desperately going to try to gain seats in the House so that they have the majority there in the House of Representatives. This is the federal, you know, House of Representatives. And once they have that majority, that will be it for us passing legislation. Forget about another Recovery Act. Forget about, you know, whatever it is we are thinking about, climate legislation, gun legislation, um, infrastructure, nothing will get passed because that's what the Republicans do, right? They don't legislate. They obstruct. That's their deal. 
So when we think about 2022 and in activism, we have to sort of think, you know, a few chess moves down, right? We can't just think about what's happening today, but everything is also in light of what's the next big election. And then what's the next big, big election after that? So we're thinking a lot about 2022, right? And anywhere that we can pick up a congressional seat between now and then is one less seat that we have to worry about losing in 2022. So again, Texas, Congressional District 6. This primary is coming up on May 1st. I did this phone banking a lot this week. It's mostly leaving voicemails. I know you guys can leave voicemails. It's really easy. You are literally just calling and saying, hi, Uh, you know, we're calling registered Democrats. So we're not going to call someone who's going to yell at us and say, I would never vote for a Democrat because these are registered Democrats. And we're just saying, you may not know, there's a big election coming up on May 1st. We're going to have a primary. We're asking you to vote for the Democrat. I, I think I explained this to you before, but I'll say it again, that this is what we call a jungle primary. So there's about 14 people running. What we're trying to do is to get one Democrat into the runoff. So the top two candidates will make it into a runoff. So we're just calling people and saying, please vote for the Democrat. This is easy. You can do this. So a lot of this work is just about moving past that little bit of fear, that little knot in your stomach that's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And saying instead, why not? Why don't I try? Let me just see what it's like. Maybe I will find that this is not as bad as I thought it was. So um, my experience is, is that the fear is way worse than the actual doing. The fear stops progress. It stops us from winning. It maintains the status quo. And it keeps me small. When I take the action anyway, when I show up and say, okay, I'm going to try phone banking one time, even though I'm terrified. And then I sit there for an hour and I leave messages on people's voicemails. Maybe I get hung up on once or twice. Definitely. Maybe somebody curses at me. It's unusual, but I guess it it, it can happen. It hasn't happened to me yet in this phone bank. But does that kill me? Nope. Uh, Does it make me cry? No, no, it really doesn't. You know, then I just let the phone dial the next voter. And a lot of times I talk to somebody who says, thank you so much for doing this work. This is really important. And that feels amazing. So and then the next time I'm less afraid. So that's what we're doing this week. Again and again, I want to encourage you to sign up for a phone bank. It's with Flip the West. Um, You can Google them and sign up for the Monday and Thursday phone banks into Texas, the easiest phone banks in the world. And then after May 1st, we're going to pivot to whoever the Democratic candidate is, and then we'll all get behind that person. And hopefully we will win this congressional seat. And then in 2022, it's one less seat we have to worry about. Uh, this is a, a a patience game and a small, small victories leading to bigger victories game, right? So that's it. Let's uh, take a little musical break, and then I'm just going to give you your loving send-off. Okay, so I'm going to close with this. I am so proud of you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I know it is so much easier to watch, you know, the Real Housewives of wherever they live right now or, you know, to, uh, I don't know, whatever. It's easier to do almost anything than to sort of show up for our democracy in, in small but important ways. It's outside of our comfort zones. It's uh, It's not fun in the way that, you know... I don't know, bedazzling our jean jackets is fun, if that's your thing. I don't know. I really pulled that out of my butt. Anyway, um, but thank you, because this is going to make a difference for our kids. 
and uh, and my kid. And I want to thank you for that specifically um, because I'm a mom and I'm looking to the future. I'm looking to our next generation and what they're what mess they're going to have to clean up or not. And the work we do now gives them less of a mess later. And so thank you. And I'm proud of you. And if you're scared, know that I am not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing myself. And uh, I look forward to hearing back from you. And I look forward to talking to you again next week with a whole new set of victories and a whole new set of actions that we can take to build a better democracy. So with that, I send you virtual hugs and um, my deepest gratitude for your courage and your strength. And I will talk to you next Monday. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Bye.